We kick off and start the message tonight. It's October 17, 2012. The title of the message is Shameless Audacity. I got a video that I'd like to uh, start with that I think will actually set the tone for what we will be speaking about tonight. Amen? Amen. The reason the church in America today is merely powerless is because its pews are filled with lukewarm, half-hearted Christians who don't know how to go farther. I've seen a lot of healings, I've seen a lot of miracles, I've seen a lot of the spirit, but at the same time I've seen a lot of the flesh. The word sin is not something that we talk about too much, not even in the church today. We have struggles, we have strongholds, but very rarely do we say, I'm living a life of sin. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the church is full of sin. The church is full of people that are living sinful lives, regardless of what Jesus did on the cross. We don't know how to press on. We don't know how to keep going. We're okay with just enough. But I'm afraid so many today are so deceived. They think they're just going to walk right in those pearly gates and say, I was just having a good time. See, Jesus knew the importance of going a little farther. He knew the importance of, of pressing on and not stopping where everybody else stops. In the church, we are being taught empty promises. We're okay with going to church every now and then. We're okay with just staying the same little wimpy Christian that we've always been. We're okay with that lack of anointing. You and I, every day, we deal with heartache, and we deal with pain, and we deal with circumstances, and we deal with loss, and we deal with trials, and we deal with tribulations. And I know that I know that I know my God is bigger than that. He said, Mark, I need you. Peter, I need you. James, John, I need you. I need your voice. Just like he's saying to each and every one of you right now, I need you. But I got a question. What kind of relationship do you have with God? I would be the Moses of the 21st century if it wasn't for that one little thing. And that's why I'm preaching this today. Put the shoes on, won't you? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I believe that you died for me so that I can live for you. It's heavy, it's hot, the battle's unbelievable. It's tearing at us and it begins to drag us down. Do you know that God always has a plan? And it started with selection. But as you study the Gospels, you find out that it didn't stay with selection. It then moved to servanthood. Do you understand that you're going through what you're going through to get you closer to God? Do you understand that the God that you worship is all-powerful and nothing is impossible for my God? We, as Christians, need to go a little farther. We need to go beyond the point that everybody else is going to. And I got to ask you, are you listening to the instructions? And are you doing it His way? Or have you tried to put a whole new spin on it? Secular humanism. And if it feels good, go do it. Let me ask you this. Do you think God's going to set up an appointment with you when He's going to come? And do you think He's going to announce to you when He's going to leave? I tell you this morning, there's people dying and going to hell because they're doing it their way. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. He has never made a promise that he 
will not keep. Totally consecrated to them. Totally sold out. All in. Got them all in. It is finished. Oh, don't go with me. Still, I will follow. They're eating what he eats. They're talking like he talked. They're serving. Man, you're so close. You're so tight with God. It's being God. Why did they prevail? They believed God. Why did they prevail? They acted in faith. Why did they prevail? They did it God's way. You will hit your mark if you will trust in God. Give me to Matthew chapter 5. What I did tonight, in case you didn't get the message of the video, and in case I failed to preach this message correct to you, I wore, I made me a shirt. And the shirt says, burn in me so that they may live. It's a reminder to me that I want God's fire in me for the behalf of somebody else. I want God to burn in me so that others may live. And so if I fail to preach the message or if I fail to understand the video, you can look at this simple message on my shirt and get the point. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, says, Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We start with the poor in spirit. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. The poor in spirit here. What is it that's happening? To me it shows that an inner examination. Jesus starts off. And he starts talking about blessing. And the first thing he does is say, if you want to be blessed, have an inward examination. Recognize. Recognize what? They recognize that they were poor in spirit. And you know what? Because they recognize that in the end, they received the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I love this one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Did it say may be filled? Like my shirt? No, it will be filled. There's a difference in that. Amen. So what do we see here? Because they were poor, they were in a position to re receive something. According to their hunger, they received. But why do they want to be filled? On our picture, on our picture, there's a dry bed and there's a, a river or a waterfall. And what's funny is there's no middle ground here. It's either dry or it's flooding. And I think the word here paints the same picture. There's no middle ground. What was their motivation? That's my question. The battle of the motivation was an inward battle. Turn with me to James 4. Verse 1. 
What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. That scripture always really stumps me because it just says ask. And what does that mean? What do we always say? Well, if it's in God's will, we'll receive it. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. The battle of motivation is the inward battle, we said. The, there's a, an opposing of desires in you. That battle within. And what does it cause? It causes paralysis. It causes you to never move forward because you get hung up, stumbling blocks that you don't get over, one to the other to the other. You do not have because you do not ask because of this very conflict of kingdoms inside of you. Verse 3. What do you want to spend your blessing on? What do you want to use your blessing for? Motivation. We ask, we ask, and we don't receive, and we wonder why we don't receive. But here the text is telling us and teaching us how to receive. Does God want to bless you? Why are you not receiving if he says simply ask? Let's talk about a concept James would have had. Or he would have known very well. Y'all know this word? Hootspah. Say hootspah. Hootspah. Look at your neighbor and say, you got hootspah. You got, got hootspah. You know you do. <laughs> this was a Hebrew concept. I love this word because it meant shameless audacity. Shameless audacity. If we look at James chapter 5, verse 17, this gives us some insight. Verse 17 says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. Come on, that takes some hootspah. You think so? I mean, think about it. You are a child of God just like Elijah. The scripture says so. I'm stuck. He was a man just like us. And at the, at, the, at the sound of his voice, he stood up and said, it will not rain. Amen. And it didn't rain. Amen. And he said, it will not rain again until I say it will rain. That takes who's, but that takes shameless audacity. I mean, who is he? Who are we to say it won't rain? This almost sounds like a strong arm of God. And so the scriptures clarifies this with us tonight. And that's what we're going to see. What was it? What was it in uh, verse 18 that stood in between the rain and the earth? Because when the, when the heavens rain, the earth gives its crops. When the heavens rain, the harvest comes. And there was something that stood in between the rain and something that stood in between the harvest. What was it? It was Elijah. It was Elijah. 
Elijah was a man just like you. But he showed who's God. He showed something that a God quality. What is it that stands between, I guess we would say, your emptiness and your feeling? It's you. It's you. God says, ask. Just ask. Oh, mighty God, I want to receive you. I want to feel you. I want more of your spirit. And he says, well, just ask. <laughs> Turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Jesus gives us a parable here and explains a whole lot to us. It's been such a blessing to me. I tell you why. I love it. When I look out here and I see a remnant of people who are hungry for God. There's some that are on the edge. There's some that are just waiting to receive. There's some that are full, full of his spirit. And I, it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder, how did Wells happen? How did Pensacola happen? How did Azusa Street happen? It happened just like this. People that would say, burn in me so that they, they may live. Burn in me, mighty God, for someone else. Fill me, oh God. There is more. There's always more of you. Oh, I felt you yesterday. Oh, it was a mighty, mighty breaking of the wind. <laughs> but there's more. Amen. There's always more. I think, I think I've been accused of maybe, um, maybe being all oh, shameless sometimes. Some audacity sometimes. And we can look at that word in a negative fashion. But I'm trying to tell you that God has a positive fact, a positive outlook on it. And there's something in the scripture. There's a key to the heart of God that he's trying to point out here. Look in uh, chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. I'm going to stop there. You see the note up here? Not if it's your will. Not if it's your will. Father, give us each day our daily bread. Who speaks to the father like that? Maybe the son. Who speaks to his father like that? Maybe someone who is intimate with him. Maybe someone who knows his heart. Amen. And knows I can get up close to him and say, Can I please have that? Dad, Amen. gotta have that. Come on now. Amen. I gotta have that. Lord God, give me bread because my friend needs it. Amen. Give me. Give me, oh God. Give me, Father, what I need. Because I'm hungry. Not if it's your will. Nothing. There's nothing about timidity. This shows who's but. To me, this defines that word. This defines it very clearly. It shows you, almighty oh, God, burning me. Burning me. Give me bread. Give me what they need. 
Let me stand in the gap. No more. No more will I watch as others are dry, barren beds. But teach me, oh God. Give me, oh God, what it takes to stand in that, in that area to be that vessel for you, to pour out living water to those who are dying. It shows chutzpah. Because you know him. Because he's your father. This is why you can speak to him like this. His spirit bears witness with yours when you come close to him and you say, oh God, give me what I need. Amen. If your motivation's right, the scripture says he is quick. Amen. He is quick. My son Dylan has got this DNA that's went from me to him. I call it chutzpah because he's got some nerve. He's got some nerve. And he said, he's my persistent widow. He's the one that'll pound on the door and pound on the door and pound on the door until he gets it. Drives me nuts. Drives me absolutely crazy. But you know what? It's a God quality. It's a God quality when it's used for the kingdom. And as he grows up as a man of God, it would be used mightily in his kingdom. Amen. Verse 4. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you have a friend, has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one in, in, inside, I want to stop there. That word as we as we study it out, it says inwardly. You can look it up and study it yourself. So I'm going to, uh, what do you call it, pastor? A preacher's prerogative? Amen. <laughs> then the one inwardly answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he's his friend, yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I love this. The newest NIV has a translation that says, because of the man's shameless audacity, he will, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Do you hear any maybes in that? No, me neither. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will the Father in heaven give you what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Suppose you had a friend. <laughs> Suppose you had a friend. This parable introduces to us three friends. And so I'm going to introduce them to you tonight. The first friend was the one who possessed bread. The second friend 
was the one who sought bread. And the third friend was the one who hungered for bread. Verse 5, suppose one, one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, let me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine is on a journey. He has come to me and have nothing to set before him. The friend who possessed bread. Sometimes we can look and be tempted to read the scripture and think that the, the one who possessed bread is shed light of being God. Somebody, some have uh, looked at that and said, this is, well, in this parable, this is God, and well, you're a friend of God, and you come to him, and I want to give you a different insight on it tonight. Man. If we look at the friend as man, this man was a couple things. One, he was bothered. Two, he was sleepy. Number three, he was complacent. And number four, he had an inner, inner struggle. <laughs> Can we identify with this man? A friend comes to you at midnight. A midnight cry. Someone in need. And you're laying in bed. And your whole family's embedded. And all of a sudden you have this inward struggle. Should I get up? And should I give him all that he needs? I mean, it takes some audacity to show up at my door. And ask for it. Most of us in here would say, yeah, you know, it's an inconvenience, but no problem. You get bothered, I'm sleepy, and complacent. But I want to tell you why I don't think this can be God. Because God's never bothered. He delights in you. He delights in you. Psalm 147, 11. God is never sleepy. Psalm 121 says he does not slumber. God is never complacent. He is always working on your behalf. God is never unapproachable. Matter of fact, he's near you. Amen. <laughs> he says to come to his throne with boldness. Am I right? Amen. With boldness, with chutzpah, with shameless audacity. Because of the blood of Jesus, you can do this. God never has an inward struggle. Why? Because he does not change. Amen? Amen. Well, let me ask you something. If the man got up and give, gave bread to the friend, the scripture says, how much more? How much more does God give? If the friend can do this, if the friend can find in his, in his botheredness, in his sleepy out of his complacency and come out of being unapproachable and in that inward struggle, find it in his heart to give you what you need. How much more do you think God will give you? Come on. Hallelujah. Man gives you bread. God gives you fire, the Holy Spirit. God is not like the friend. He's God. And he stands alone. Amen. Amen. The second friend sought bread. Verse 5. 
Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. One friend sought bread. He wasn't like the man that was in the house. He wasn't like the man in the house. You know why? Because he conquered that desire, that battle within. He didn't give in to that. It doesn't even say, maybe at a time when he was at his house, when the friend knocked on his door, he had the inward struggle. But what did he do? He conquered it. He conquered that desire, that battle within. And what did he do? He went out and sought bread for his friend. <laughs> I do not have because I do not ask God. What's this friend doing? The one that sought bread is standing at the door and he's at, at midnight and he's asking. And he's asking, give me bread for my friend on a journey is lacking and in need. He's asking. Asking you shall receive. How many of us stand at the door and ask God, are we done? What do you want to spend the blessing for? What do you want to use the blessing for? The motivation. I want to be filled for them. I want to burn for them. Mighty God, I need bread for him. Amen. Come on now. I, I ask and I don't receive. What's your motivation? Am I going to spend it on myself? Do I want to be filled with the power of God so that I can be blessed? And God says, go away. Don't bother me. I'm comfortable and I'm with my people. And then you say, no, my God, search my heart. What's my motivation? I need bread. I need bread for a friend. Amen. And he says, I give you more than you need. Amen. What was this man? He had chutzpah. He had a shameless audacity to show up to the provider, to the one that could give him what he needed. He was the bridge. He was the one that filled the gap. He was an Elijah. He was the one that stood between, and he was the, the change agent. He was the one that made the difference. He was the one that went from the dry bed, that took you from the dry bed, the one who was filled with the Spirit of God. Because he had enough gall, enough boldness to step out and say, Mighty God, fill me so that they may live. Amen. He sought the bread. The next friend hungered for bread. When he showed up to his friend, when he showed up, he was these three things. He was expected. He showed up at the friend's house, and he, he was expecting to receive something because he knew his friend. He went to the right place. He says, I'm on a journey, and I'm weary from the fight. I'm carrying a heavy load, and I'm in need. I need bread. 
And the friend says, you know what? I don't even have what you need, but you know what? I'm going to go to the one who does. <laughs> I'm going to go to the one who does. <laughs> Amen. Because you have, he came to the one who had whose foot? He came to the one who knew where to go, to the provider. So he was expected to receive something. Come on. When we enter the throne room with boldness, there's an expectation of a feeling of God. There's an expectation that he will fill me. Because he said, he said, if I ask, I will receive. Amen. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's something in me that hungers. They were desperate. They were desperate for bread. But in the end, they were successful. He was successful. He got what he needed. He received what he asked for. He had chutzpah. He had a shameless audacity to say, I'm starving. I'm in such need. I'm in such need. Luke 11, 9 says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be open. You know something beautiful here? I've seen people with such need and desire. As we go to Mexico and we go to India and we go around the world, when people, when people are in such desperation, they will mob you for what you hand out. Go to uh, Mexico, go to India, wherever you go. If you bring provision, you will, and you just hand it out, you have to do it in an orderly way because they will mob you. They will run you over to get what you have. Do we do that? Almighty God, give me what I need. Almighty God, you have it. Matter of fact, I'm going to run you over to get what I need. You said that, that sounds a little bit, little bit shaky. God's begging you, ask me with the right motive. Ask me for them. Ask me to burn a fire in you so they may live. Ask me, ask, and you shall receive. The starving. We'll put a visual picture up here because it plays on the mind. But I want to tell you, the majority of the world spiritually are starving and desperate. And we are the ones that shows them there is a God that you can show up to and be expected that he will give you what you need. Amen. Matter of fact, he will give you more than what you need. You show up asking for bread and he fills you with the spirit of God. And it's enough for you and them and this one and that one. Amen. Shameless audacity. These children are starving. The nations are starving. They're starving for the presence of God. They don't even know it. Suppose, no, friendship with God. There is no suppose you are a friend of God, the scripture says. There is no suppose you are a friend of God. It's clearly written. Therefore, 
Ask and you shall receive. What stands in the way? There was one who possessed bread. There was one who sought bread. There was one who hungered for bread. I'm going to ask you a question. Which friend are you? Look at, this, look at the scripture. Look at the parable. And we remember in the beginning that God provoked us to an inward examination. He wants you to possess bread. He wants you to seek more bread. And what does he say? Those who hunger will be filled. He wants you to possess, seek more. And who will be filled? Those who hunger. Those who hunger. I'm going to tell you there's some who hunger and some who don't. Some who choose the world and some who choose the bread. Some who choose something else that satisfies temporarily and when it gets in them is poison. But when God gives, he gives more grace. When God gives, he gives bread that is eternal. He gives water that never will run dry. Amen? Amen? By the way, we're not talking about bread. We're not talking about bread tonight. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Come We're on. We're not talking about bread. In the beginning, He shows up asking for bread. What does it say He gave? What did He receive? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He will give you the Spirit of God to those who ask Him. What are, what's the difference? He's begging you to show some shameless audacity to step out and receive what was paid for, to receive the gift of from God is for you and all generations to come. Our message tonight, shameless audacity. Very clear. Luke 11, 8. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. <laughs> Audacity means ex ex extraordinary boldness, courage, or chutzpah. <laughs> Real Christians call this faith. We call it faith. In the Jewish circles, when you said chutzpah, it meant faith. It meant faith. Because it was something that you could see. It was an attitude. It was a way of life. It was a reckless abandonment to receive what God already purchased for you. Burning me. I wrote it on my shirt as a reminder. If I could have got away with it, I would have tattooed it on my chest. <laughs> so that they may live. You want to receive an infilling of the Spirit of God? 
Check your motives. It's just there, available, waiting for you. Waiting for you. This was the gift. I believe we're the, rev the I guess I'd call it the revolution. A new reformation. A reformation, an inward one. We are the ones. We've said that the, the voices of old were dying out. But I believe there's new ones being birthed every day. I believe this body is full of them. Full of them. And God's begging you to get full in order to pour out on somebody else. He's speaking. When in Revelations it talks about, it talks about in the Spirit said to the churches. Come on, you can hear it. Through each man that steps up here, through the music, through the messages, through the prophecy, the Lord speaks a resounding message, season after season. And this one is, you want to be effective for me? You want to be full of the Holy Spirit? Ask me. Amen. Ask me for their behalf. Amen. We are shameless because he made us clean. We are shameless because he made us holy. And we can come into his presence. And we can burn in his presence. And we can burn for them. We can burn for them. We can burn in his presence so they may live. So we can speak to dry bones and say they live. Amen. So we can speak to them. So we can lay hands on them and see Hallelujah. them healed. So we can see the nations. So we can see Islam. So we can see them all filled with the Spirit of God. If we'd have some shameless audacity, if we'd have some chutzpah, we would see these things happen among us. Amen. They will happen in Jesus' name. <laughs> Ask for bread and you will receive the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all stand with me. Amen. Mighty God, Father, we come humbly before your throne. Father, we ask, search our hearts. Mighty God, we want to be full of you. We want to be so full of your spirit, Lord. Mighty God, we want to burn for you. Mighty God, so that you would burn away all that is not of you. Father, to make more room for you. Father, we want to burn so they may live. We want to burn so we may live. Almighty God, they have to have, they have to have us pouring out to them. They have to have us pouring out to them. Just as we have to have them burn for you, Jesus. Almighty God, let us be used in your presence this day. Father, we want more of you. We want more of you. We're not happy, Lord God. We're not satisfied. We're not satisfied with the mediocre, Father, life that, that the church has, has shown us, Lord. Father, we want a spirit-filled life. We want a life filled, Lord God, with shameless audacity. We want to be filled with you, Lord God. We want to be shamed for you, Lord God. Father, we're not ashamed of you, Father. We got to have more of you, Lord God. Burn in us tonight, Lord. Burn in us, Jesus. Father, we ask, Lord God, send your fire. Send your fire in this place, Lord. Father, send your fire in this place. Father, it takes audacity, Lord God. 
for a culture like us to ask you for anything, Lord. But Father, we're asking this day, Lord, Father, to use us, use us in the gap, use us in the midst of this, this broken and depraved generation, Lord. Brother, this broken and depraved generation needs us. Lord God, make us Elijah's in this place. Make us Elijah's in this place. Father, fill us the new. Burn, Lord. Burn, Jesus. Burn for me. Till you touch me, Jesus. Ask 
the Lord to help you freely give what you've been given. Fear be damned in the name of Jesus. I will rise up for the Holy Ghost Hootspah. Know your position. Seek the living God. He will pour out His Spirit upon all who ask. He will pour out His Spirit upon all who ask. There are no exceptions. There are no exceptions. If you love Him, He will pour out His Spirit upon you. How long will we sit in paralysis and indecision? I tell you, drink of Him.